0: Morning world and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing in our series called Proverbs chapter 24 verse 10, which says, "If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small." And as we said yesterday, that sounds pretty harsh. It sounds a little bit uncompassionate. And where's the love and where's the back massage? Let me give you the message version of Proverbs 24:10. It says, "If you fall to pieces in a crisis, There wasn't much to you in the first place. Well, what is God trying to tell us? What is he trying to say? You think he's trying to make us feel bad? You think he's trying to make us feel weak? Well, I don't think so. And as we studied yesterday, we found out some great information in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13 in the Amplified Version. It says, For no temptation, no trial regarding as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man. That is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience and such as man can bear. You see, God's really put a governor, a restriction on temptations and trials that can be brought by the kingdom of darkness. And that governor says, and his restriction is, that we cannot be tempted beyond our ability to resist. Well, if this is true, and it is, then there is nothing limiting us except ourselves. So when we think about Proverbs 24.10, saying in the message version, if you fall to pieces in a crisis, then there wasn't much to you in the first place, then there's some things we need to know. And the first step is to know that God will never allow us to be pushed past our limit. He will always be there to help us come through it. But then there's a second step we need to understand also. It's simply this, to know how to be abased and live in straightened circumstances, and know how to enjoy life and live in abundance. And we found yesterday that the secret of facing every situation is contentment. We read that in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13 in the Amplified Version. So let me read that again today. Paul says to the Philippians, For I have learned how to be content, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I am. Now listen to these next words. Paul says, I know how to be abased and live humbly in straitened circumstances, and I know also how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. I have learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation whether well-fed or going hungry, having a sufficiency and enough to spare, or going without and being in want. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. He says, I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Wow, what a great word from the Apostle Paul. So, step number two is learning how to be content in whatever state we are in. Now, just because we're Christians does not mean that life is a pie in the sky. However, as we learned yesterday, by faith, we can overcome the world, according to 1 John 5, 4. And the word world in the Greek is kosmos, K-O-S-M-O-S. It's where we get our word cosmos, C-O-S-M-O-S, meaning the universe and everything in it. If our faith can overcome the universe and everything in it, then our faith in God can face our circumstances and get us through them. Step number one, know that God will never allow you to be pushed past your limit. He will always be there to help you come through it. That's in 1 Corinthians 13.10. And step number two, know how to be abased and live in straightened circumstances and know how to enjoy and live in abundance. So the secret of facing every situation is contentment. But I'm going to give you a third step today, and it has to do with King David. It's where he strengthened himself in the Lord his God. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. It says, Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now let's take a few minutes to read the story of how David got to this point of distress and trouble, and I'll make some comments along the way. 1 Samuel chapter 30 verses 1 through 4. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the 3rd day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. You see, everybody, including David, were completely overcome. This town meant a lot to them. But continuing in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 5 through 6, and David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. This was huge, David lost his wives, and the men in his army lost their wives, sons, and daughters. Not only that, but they were blaming King David. They were so distressed that they wanted to kill David. As you can imagine, this placed a great amount of pressure on David. What was he to do? Well, David did exactly what all of us should do. He sought the Lord, and he strengthened himself in the Lord. The very first thing he did was get the ephod and inquire of the Lord. Well, what's an ephod? Vine's Complete Expository Dictionary says this. This word, ephod, represents a close-fitting outer garment associated with worship. It was a kind of long vest, generally reaching to the thighs. The ephod of the high priest was fastened with a beautifully woven girdle and had shoulder straps set in onyx stones on which were engraved the names of the twelve tribes. Over the chest of the high priest was the breastplate, also containing twelve stones engraved with the tribal names. Rings attached it to the ephod. The Urim and Thuman were also linked to the breastplate. Apparently, this ephod and attachments were prominently displayed in the sanctuary. So we see, apparently, David brought the garment and began to worship and inquire of the Lord. Do you think worship is a part of the secret? I think so. I believe it's major. As a side journey, let's take a look at Isaiah in chapter 61, verses one through three. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, and that he may be glorified. Just think, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. How does this relate to us? We could say it this way, get your praise going, get the word of God and inquire of the Lord. And now continuing in 1 Samuel chapter 30 again, verses 7 through 10, Then David said to Abiar the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So David went he and the 600 men who were with him and came to the brook Besser where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued he and 400 men for 200 stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Besser. Oh my, David's army started with 600 men and now he only has 400. But the Lord spoke to David and instructed him in what to do. Yes, there is nothing like a word from the Lord. Remember, Proverbs 24.10, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Let's continue the story in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 11 through 16. Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David. But they gave him bread and he ate. And they let him drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him. For he had eaten no bread nor drunk water for three days and three nights. Then David said to him, To whom do you belong, and where are you from? And he said, I am a young man from Egypt, servant of an Amalekite, and my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. We made an invasion of the southern area of the Cherethites in the territory which belongs to Judah and of the southern area of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said to him, Can you take me down to this troop? So he said, Swear to me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will take you down to this troop. And when he had brought him down, there they were, spread out over all the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Amazing. Think of this. God uses one of the enemy's servants to betray their location, an Egyptian who helped burn Ziklag. And then continuing in 1 Samuel chapter 30 verses 17 through 20, then David attacked them from twilight until evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. Then David took all the flocks and herds they had driven before those other livestock and said, This is David's spoil. David had only 400 men, and 400 of the enemy were so scared they fled on their camels. David's small army attacked, and other than the wimpy 400, none of them escaped. Everything that was lost was recovered. Everything. Once again, we're out of time, but we'll continue with this story about David tomorrow. Same time, same place. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. you this day but that's for me and my house me in my house me in my house